I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The 40 minutes tonight, we've, we've played at stretches this year, but uh, I thought we battled and kind of came close to holding our own inside on the boards. We wanted to play a little bit tighter. They did come out in the second half, hit those two threes, so we adjusted a little bit there and got back out. But, um, you know, we have to make shots. And, you know, at the uh, in the second half, I thought we got good shots. You know, I thought Buddy and Joe and Elijah got the shots that we, we are going to have to make. Um, in the overtime, they got those same shots and they made them. And, you know, we're, when you make those shots, uh, that's for us to win, we have to make those shots. You know, Elijah, Marek made a big play in the overtime to get Elijah that shot. And then when he made that shot, you know, Buddy got one and Joe got one. And things just, you know, fell into place. But uh, I, the, we won the game just because we battled them inside. You know, we got enough. I mean, they scored in there, but we got enough in there that we could stay in the game or stay a little bit ahead. You know, they're inside and it's a battle and you're trying to get, you know, it's just crazy. A couple of them, you know, I didn't think we're that, you know, it's a physical game and all of a sudden we got six fouls right away and, you know, they got two. So, you know, it was, uh, as long as it's both ways, I don't care if they call them, it's going to be both ways, but... You know, they, they were smart. They did it. Marek was great. He hung in there. He, you know, he's got his hands up, played position. Um, he's a smart, tough player. He's, he got banged up about four times out there today, and he just gets back up and goes back in. Joe's a, t a competitor. He's a competitive kid. He's got a big heart. Uh, you don't win state championships. I don't care who you're playing against unless you've got a big heart. You know, you're the only guy out there making plays for the whole game. Um, he's He's got a big heart. He's going to come after you. He's going to make some mistakes, but he's, he's going to come after you. Jim, what did you think of Quincy and Jesse Edwards today? Uh, well, I'm going to be nice here and just say they were out there. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe, whatever platform you listen on. We really appreciate that. Thank you to everybody who has already done so. All right, so there is some other news today besides the game, the glorious, glorious win over Virginia. Um, yeah. So Syracuse football made a couple hires over the weekend as well, um, both coming yesterday, I think. Yeah. So um, uh, Zach Arnett. Uh, Syracuse football hired him as the defense coordinator uh, yep. from what was it, San Diego State? San Diego State, yeah. And he had some pretty good he had some pretty good defenses at San Diego State too. So, um, oh yeah, no slouch really. And um, I think let's see, um, they finished second in rushing defense. This is um, nationally, nationally seventh. Well, let's see, San Diego State ranked in the top ten nationally in in seven categories last season. So, uh, rushing defense. Scoring defense, first downs allowed, um, six in total offense. I mean, <laughs> six in passing efficiency, and eighth in turnovers gained. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. 
Yeah. So it's really good when you look at the stats and when you looked at it, they had a story, Syracuse.com earlier in the week yeah, that, that uh, San the- Diego State head coach Rocky Long, he had retired and he had come to visit Syracuse. And you wonder if he was trying to get his own job or if he was trying to sell that defense and sell that coordinator. But either way, that uh, Arnett's got some, like you said, the numbers of San Diego State was great. Uh, and they bring in that different three three five scheme in which we know that I mean, in the past, we've kind of gone to Tampa, too, right? But we do like to get the nickel in there. We they, we started a lot of nickel corners. You know, we, we wanted to get some of the secondary in for that spread offense. But we've had difficulties kind of stopping the run. Uh, and it kind of makes sense when you look at our makeup of our team because a 3-3-5, most of the time, one of those outside linebackers is coming up and becoming a defensive end anyway. And it's usually looking like a 4-2 with just a linebacker there. And based upon our personnel, you've seen that it's been uh, difficult for us to get those defensive linemen uh, compared to those linebackers that are tweeners. I think we've seen a lot of the linebackers that have gone back and forth between playing off and, or, you know, outside linebacker and defensive end. So that kind of gives us a versatility. So hopefully it'll be a a welcoming change. Yeah. um, It'll be interesting to see, you know, you see what he did. It's a place like San Diego state. Those are nationally, those were, those rankings were national. So um, a hell of a defense. yeah, I think they said something like the most points scored on them this year was like 20 by Utah State or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, and also the uh, the other one is uh, Sterling Gilbert as offensive coordinator and QB coach. And he's already worked with Dino, I believe, at um, – where was it? Eastern Illinois. Yeah, Eastern Illinois, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was a couple stops. Uh, I think that he didn't follow us here because I think he had a chance to become a head coach. Uh, I think McNeese State. Is where he's coming from. So he was a head. So he's he's leaving a head coaching job to to come into the ACC and be that uh, offensive coordinator and, and help his old buddy out. So yeah, pretty cool. So um, yep. things, a couple things to look forward to um, as football season just never seems to wind down. It's always something going on. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, all right. Uh, the Orange bent but didn't break in Charlottesville against number 18, Virginia. Uh, they brought home a much-needed win, and Syracuse will stay home for um, the first of two home games, uh, the first one here against BC, and we'll let you know what we think about all of that. But first, as always, i got to tell you about the good folks over at MyBookie. Now remember, if you know what you're getting into and you have bet with sports books before, if you have not tried out my bookie, I recommend you go there and try it out. If you're not sure what it's about, uh, go ahead and research and see if it's right for you. If not, if you find yourself wondering, they have a customer service team. They can walk you through the process. They can let you know, um, answer any of your questions and let you know how it works and what's going on. And if you join right now, uh, you can um, get your deposit doubled if you use the promo code CHAIR when you create that account. Get matched dollar for dollar to jumpstart that bankroll. Just log on to mybookie.ag today. Make your first deposit with the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, and mybookie will double your deposit dollar for dollar um, up to 1000 bucks. So, um, you know, 1001 there's nothing I can do for you. So... <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Uh, all right, mybookie.ag. Thank you, mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so Joe, yes, um, <clears throat> what a game, what a game, what a game. Oh, yeah. 20 points in the extra session for the Orange in overtime, and Syracuse gets their first meaningful win of the season, the first quad win of the season for the Orange. A 12-0 run by Virginia um, was an all-too-familiar feeling. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. 
Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. As we watch a seven-point lead disappear, it seems like it only took like two minutes, but I think it probably took longer than that. But the disappointment started to set in for me. I don't know about everybody else. Uh, it's just we've been there so many times. And we could talk about the the painful-to-watch offense of both teams, um, and we will. But I think, um, you know, let's we could talk about the three threes from the big three. I mean, that was the highlight of the game, right? Yeah. The, the successive three-point shots from Hughes, Gerard, and Buddy, and then a luck shot from Buddy, which was just like, that was it for me. I mean, it's like, this, this, yeah. that was it. That was it. It was like, <laughs> the one time we finally get some luck, it was awesome. So, the good, the bad, the ugly. The good. Okay. Lots of good to go around. 20 points in five minutes after 43 points in 40 minutes. <laughs> now, if you were to tell me that that was possible and that SU would do it against Virginia... I would have thought you were just a complete fool. Um, yeah. It, it, it was it was just basically, I mean, the threes were just draining in overtime. It was awesome. Joe Girard, Joe Girard with a game-high 19 points. Uh, Buddy with the, the shot clock bank. We talked about that. Uh, Hughes made up for six turnovers with 18 points. And, you know, he's just got to do a little bit better job taking care of the ball, but uh, yeah. maybe trying to do some uh, too much sometimes. And you know what? We were out-rebounded last game by 19 against UVA in the first game of the season. Uh, this time, just three, 47 to 44. I'll take that. I'll yeah. take that. Um, the bad, uh, it, this was really hard. I actually had to think about this. Normally, I have these lined up after the game ends. But, um, you know, we, we could talk about the offenses, but I, I'll leave something more general for the ugly. Um, I, I guess it would be uh, UVA dropping two games in a row. That was the only thing that worried me coming into this game, being at UVA and they just lost. And you figure, are they going to lose two in a row? I mean, that's really tough. So uh, UVA dropping two in a row and likely going to be dropping out of the top 25. So uh, bad for UVA. But the ugly, 22.6%. That's the percentage uh, that the Cavaliers shot from three-point range. So seven of 31. And, I mean, we knew they were bad, but damn. I mean... (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the strategy was to let them shoot it. Yep. They were wide open, wide open. Yeah. So that was basically what it is, was make them one dimensional. We knew that their big guys were going to score, but we tried to limit that as much as possible. And like we talked about in the preview, uh, close that rebounding gap. And that really was the story when you when you look at it. Uh, this game, the offenses, like you said, were so just it was points were hard to come by. So when Virginia turned around and got the, the two threes real quick, I mean, no one was really going to score enough to run away with the game. So all it took was a little run here, a little run there, and, and the momentum in the game shifted. And then you saw that throughout the whole the whole game. So that's why, again, when you said like 20 points in five minutes in overtime, that's more points than we scored all of the second half. So that was definitely unexpected. Uh, I'm glad that Virginia didn't shoot better because all it took probably one more three, right? I mean, it could have been. We were stuck at 35, by the way, when we went, when we, that 12 0 run ended up being 35 to 30. And we, right. and we, we ended up, uh, uh, um, getting caught back up with a, with a three from Gerard, tied it back up, 35 35. It stayed at 35 35 for like four and a half minutes. Yeah. And it was just, you know, at that point, I didn't, I was just so confused. I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. I was so nervous. But yeah, um, I mean, I know that uh, when you look back at our predictions, you know, it might not look that bad. You know, it might look a little close, but realistically, you take away that overtime and it's not even coming close. Uh, The way that game started, I I mean, I was watching it with my father and I told him, I, I said, well, first one to 40 wins. That's where I was at that point. So. Again, Virginia's defense would do that to you and, 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 you know, all the props in the world to Tony Bennett. And I know that they're lacking offensive offensive firepower, but 
God, they play defense every year, every game. Like it's going to be a tough out. Yeah, even if they and, can't and shoot. But Sy- what about Syracuse's growth, though? We've talked about their growth, but this is the first really good look, honestly, from the first game to this game because we we played them. It was our worst game that we played of the season yeah. against UVA. UVA has not made any strides, I don't think, to becoming a better better offensively or defensively. Right. They're pretty much yeah. right there, right where they were. I don't think they've improved much. So that just goes to show you, honestly, how much Syracuse has improved. And we knew that the playing playing teams like Virginia Tech um, right before coming and going to play in UVA, probably good. Probably good playing those right. aggressive man defenses and then and then playing UVA. We've seen they've seen UVA already. They knew what to expect. They knew they suck at three point shots, so they left them open. They they were clogged in the middle a little bit more. They did pretty good down low. I think they got outscored pretty well in the paint. But that's yeah. the only place that UVA's points came from, though. So right. it's a hard comparison. Yeah, well, I see. I can I can paint this as a positive, and I can I can also play devil's advocate. So I <laughs> Which think you I'll do, do both. Sure. Right. So. Uh, the positive, again, like you said, with the growth of the team, them showing maturity to be able to follow a game plan. Uh, and also, it's a positive towards the head coaches because a lot of times, especially when you have a lot of turnover, which nowadays in, in college basketball you do every year, it's hard to – sometimes it's it's good for us because it's hard sometimes for newer players on other teams to kind of get used to our 2-3 zone. But it's harder for our coaches as well to game plan – against these other teams, right? So being able to see that they've already played Virginia and they've seen Virginia and they know what's up and they obviously had a clear, clear plan. They had a clear plan of what they were going to do. And, uh, I mean, we followed it really, really well. Uh, there, was only, there was a couple times where they got a little undisciplined and they made some some wrong rotations, some wrong plays and stuff like that as far as on defense. Uh, but they fought hard in there and they – I mean, they played that to perfection. Uh, if with those two big guys, if Virginia just had one good three-point shooter, like legit three-point shooter, like one of the ones we have, then that game would have been tough. But based upon the matchup and based upon the weaknesses of Virginia, I thought that the game plan was was perfect and executed. I don't want to say flawlessly, but for a young team, pretty well, especially on the road. Throw that on there. So, yeah, I mean and, that's that's know, really the positive for me. But again, the the devil's advocate is. I think that we can do that with. Uh, let's put it this way: there's a like Virginia is one of probably the worst three point shooting teams in the country. So yeah, they were not going to be able to do that to everybody. So yeah. it was as good as our defense looked good. I mean, that's a lot. That has a lot to do with how bad Virginia's offense is. They 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 were they were came into this game shooting just around twenty six percent from three. They shot twenty two percent against us. So I mean, you were about right there. Now you know. Everybody, I think, you know, it silenced the the uh, Fire Bayheim haters. You know, I, you know what else I noticed real quick? I wasn't even going to mention this, but I'm going to now. I, <laughs> the, the people, this seriously though, the people who always have something snarky or nasty or vulgar to say in a loss don't say during a win like this. They just stay quiet. Yep. It's like, it makes, are you even a you fan? Wonder. Are you even right. a fan? Seriously, like, do you yeah. do you do you just root against Syracuse to lose? Does it make you feel good to watch your quote unquote team do bad just so you can look right? It's so aggravating. It is so aggravating. Yes. So, anyway, it's just something I noticed um, after the game. There's people I usually hear from during these losses. They didn't have anything to say. Hey, there's so, some that do, though, right? What was it, Bubba? Usually, oh yeah, Bubba's 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 cool. He he's, goes he's, back and forth. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's all over the place. When he's really down, he's down. When but, he's up, he's up. But he doesn't just disappear, right? No, he he's doesn't. He's always got and, something that's you know. He, he voices Jermaine his opinion. Too. Jermaine right? too on Facebook. Jermaine's another one on Facebook. He's in all the groups yep. and everything, and and he can he can um, give it to him. He he gives he gives him the business all the time. But he you know he'll admit he, when he's wrong. And give them props when yeah, they win, right? Sure. So absolutely, yeah. So, um, yeah, but there's a bunch, there's a handful of people who just refuse to do it. So, whatever. Yeah, I just find it extremely irritating. That's all. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, well, with that said, let's see what Q's militia had to say. 
to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do. Go to the socials at the end of every game. I will propose the question, thoughts on the game, and you leave your thoughts there, and it's like magic. I go through them. I pick some out. Forgive me for I can only get to so many, and finally, and we knew it was the games. We knew it was either the games we were playing or it's because we were losing, but finally a good win and a, a ton of fan feedback, and many of you made some um, great points, but... Try to keep try to mix it up here. Try to mix it up. So, uh, what makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Chris on Facebook. Not, not a top fan, but I'm sure he will be soon. Chris, uh, with a signature win... Now let's use that momentum and win the next several games. That buddy three, though. Um, look, mm. I think the next handful of games, maybe five of them, going into Duke, I think are all winnable games. And um, do you have them pulled up, Joe? What's that? The game. This, this, I, I think I might have them. The schedule? Yeah. Yeah, no, we're home against Boston College and then at Virginia Tech at Notre Dame, home against Pitt at Clemson. Okay, so I was I was wrong. It's not the first of two home games. It's one home game, and then off to Virginia Tech. So I'm yep. gonna cor- I'm gonna correct myself there. I said that in the beginning. That's my bad. Um, so yeah, uh, we've already played Virginia Tech. That was a close one. Notre Dame. That was a close one. Pitt. Pitt's Pitt. And yeah, that's rivalry. We know what that's about. Yeah, and then um, Clemson. They're up or down too, depending on the day. So, um, right. I mean, those are all winnable games, though. So. Right. Um, before they we, all look bef- like cardiac cues games to me. Exactly, exactly. Before we go, <laughs> before we go into um, uh, face Duke. So, yeah, the buddy three. It was beautiful. What a thing of beauty, man. Ugh. And uh, I just love the I love the 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 reaction from the team after that. I thought it was great. Yep. Um, let's see, James on Facebook. Much needed win. Have oh, there you go. Have five winnable games coming up. Better make them count. Exactly. So, um, yeah, well, we just talked about it. Yeah, well, not to put any pressure on 
us in our season, especially being nine and seven, as you normally wouldn't say that. But yeah, we talk about the you know easy schedule and how we're going to be able to navigate through it. Well, this was part of that schedule. I feel like we looked at and said, okay, there's a bunch of wins because after and, I mean, and there's a lot of people that are down, right? But we still have the games against you know the Dukes and. And this is and, yeah, and this is not Louisville's and Florida State's and yeah, Louisville, Florida State, NC State hasn't been easy for us. I think I think UNC's a winnable game. Um, we'll we'll see when the time comes, but I well, think it's that a has not game. proven to be easy ever. So I, exactly, I know, I know. I'm just saying right now. I mean, they're you know they're not exactly lighting things up. Um, and this is not to say I'm not I'm not I'm definitely not riding this momentum as oh Syracuse has turned the corner. This is it. That's not this. You know, I pumped, I pumped the brakes on that, but I mean, we saw how the last two games went before UVA, and uh, we could have hell. We I mean, it could have been three in a row. You know, no, it's all about getting better, getting healthy, yeah. getting some of these younger guys more playing time, getting them in the ACC and stuff. It's nice to see Edwards and some of those guys out there. Zach on Facebook, top fan. That's that a boy, Zach. That's what I'm talking about. Rain or shine, <laughs> this guy bleeds orange. Great day for football and basketball. Um, we have the ability to win any game, just have to close when it counts. And yeah, I mean, look, the, it's the matchup and in, in we see that it's with, the, with UVA um, take. Well, just take Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. We just went over those games. So take those right. games. The matchups are totally different. Defense yeah. is totally different. Teams react totally different to that. And when you, you get a lot more open looks against a team like Notre Dame. And so. Yeah, you just got to – they have to be able to adjust. Right. Not every team's going to be one or the other. So I think – That's it's, part it's, of college basketball, right? Yeah. Is adjusting to the speed when you're younger, adjusting to the refs every single game because every ref yeah, – sad, yeah. sadly, you know, is referee – every game's refereed a little bit different. Right. And then it's getting, you know, changing to your defense and, and how you play to the team. So I mean, that's just part of basketball. And, and, and when you have such young guys – um, you're going to see that get better and better. So, like I said, we've all seen improvement. If, if if anybody said that we haven't, I mean, last Saturday was was proof, right? From week one to now, I mean, that was yeah, absolutely. There, there's your growth. Yeah, um, Daryl on Facebook, top fan. Daryl, you're the man. We appreciate it. That was one hell of a road victory. All you can hope for is that really. Builds the confidence up in these young players one game at a time. Win our next game, and we're back to 500 in conference play. Although still an uphill battle, go Cuse. Yeah, it's an uphill battle. It's going to be an uphill battle all year, I, I fear. I just think that this we have to make the most out of what we get this year. So any anything they can improve on is going to be good. Right. <laughs> right, because oh yeah i don't know where the expectations lie still i mean there's still you know there's there's a mathematical shot at the tournament but i'm not going to hang my hat on any of that. everybody's gonna have their own opinion on that so yeah but exactly. uh, me and joe were talking about it and joe pass we talking about it and we were saying hey but you know let's just say that they did actually get into bubble talk did get into a bubble team from this point on if you tell me like now i mean that means that we're in for one hell of a ride so yeah, in in UVA there was a tweet by what Donna Detota is that her name? How do you say her last name? Yeah, from Detota from Syracuse.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she um, she had a tweet that said, you know, basically UVA sits at a seventy four in the net right now, and seventy five anything above that will knock them out of a quad one win. Right. But you and I talked about this, and obviously, you know, it's not going to be worse than a quad two win. Um, so, you know, they may pick up some, some big wins here and there and stay in, stay in the quad one win, but there's nothing we can really do about that. So we're just going no, to control no. our own yeah, destiny. Obviously. So once, yeah, once we get close, we just got to win. We, right now exactly. we can't worry about, we can't worry about quadrants because we're not in a situation exactly. right now too. Right. And sadly, uh, you know, quad one and quad two games are few and far between in the ACC this year. And that's just the sad reality of it. So yep. that makes Boston that college is going to be a quad three game. Right. So we got to we have to more or less. Yes, exactly. We have to worry about these type of games. You know, we have to worry about not losing the quad three games. Right. And that's why we're going to preface the in in the preview what quad we're sitting in. So, you know, you know, well, we can't lose this one or, okay, you know, here's a shot to build on something. Right. Because that's basically where we're at. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. So well, right now we're at the point where we just need W's. Right. We got right. it. Right. Exactly. You got to build the resume. And and right now the UVA was a good start, but it's one. We need. Well, I mean, you, when you look back at the resume, I mean, there are some teams that Georgetown, they're getting some wins, but they're losing a little bit. Oklahoma State's kind of falling off a little bit. But there's some other teams Penn out State's there as far as, yeah. as far as, yeah, Penn State and Iowa, they're right there. I'd hope to think that Virginia doesn't fall off to the point where that's a bad loss at home. But we did get the I, redemption I away so. for two and one on the road in the ACC. We haven't really had a bad loss. So there are some positive things going for us. And our strength of schedule is going to be high considering that we went from 18 to 20 conference games and our non-conference schedule this year. So we have some positives. The only thing we're lacking our W's. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, but like you said, no bad losses yet, and we'll go from there. Uh, yep. One one game at a time. That's the that's the motto, the creed, the the credo here. That's especially right? this year. Yeah, uh, Dominic, not a top fan, but I'm going to read this anyway. Team victory, great effort against a team that is coached very very well. Oh yeah, man, who doesn't love Tony Bennett? For real. <sighs> For real. I mean, who doesn't? He's a hard love- guy to hate, man. <laughs> I know. He's like, it's like hating Dabo Sweeney. Like, how could you hate that guy? Yeah, for, I mean, for me, don't get me I, wrong. I'm mad the whole game watching it. I'm like, this yeah, defense, I, I just, this defense will not get off of these people. But, like, at the end of the day, he's a good coach. You got to respect him from where he's brought Virginia from where they were. So. Yeah, awesome. And, you know, we'd take him in a heartbeat if, if Beheim retired. No <laughs> doubt about that. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, at Cuse Waterboy on Twitter. Huge win, first signature win of the season for the Orange, and as ugly as a game as it was, overtime was riveting as we buried UVA with with a three-ball barrage. And finally, a totally improbable shot goes our way with that total player by Buddy. With that total prayer by Buddy. Let's go, Orange. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, basically, in a nutshell, <laughs> it was ugly oh, yeah. until overtime. And then threes were falling. And, you know, threes were falling for Virginia. They hit a couple of threes. They hit back-to-back threes to cut into the that seven-point lead and, and eventually take it by five. That was their first lead of the game when they did that. And, that, and, that's, oh, yeah. and that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? 12-0 mm-hmm. run, and they're just going to let it slip. And you could just see it in the players' faces. They're like, they looked bewildered, you, you know? So it scared the hell out of me. Well, they stepped up when they needed to. I was impressed with the way that... Sidibi and Doljai, not how they got to four fouls, but how they played once they got them. Yeah, they did a so good there's job. There's still some silly fouls, fouls out there. And, uh, you know, I thought that the, there were some bad missed uh, over the back calls. Um, but I think that eventually the calls uh, evened themselves out. So, um, yeah, I liked the way that those guys fought down there because those two guys aren't, aren't that bad. And, you know, I know that uh, Kirk Cousins didn't get a chance to say it this weekend, but you like, you like that. that? <laughs> you like that. <laughs> um, That's and, what I was thinking when Buddy Beheim hit that. It was uh, just, I know. I, there's a great picture of him. It's a cover he's photo. Kind of like shrugging. He's like, yeah, he's like this with his palms up. Like I don't know. Uh, it's uh It's at um. It's a it's cover. Number three. It was the number three play on uh, Sports Center Top Ten too. Oh, was it really? No, mm-hmm. no kidding. And I don't think I put it in the montage either. But um, Coach was asked about Buddy specifically. Um, you know, what do you tell him when he goes, what was it, 0 for 10 or 1 for 11 or something like that? And you're missing that bad, yeah. Yeah, when you're missing that bad, what do you tell him? And coach said, to tell him to keep shooting. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, eventually he's going to make them. Right, and yeah. Just got- well, and we we talked about that, right? And he even yeah. mentioned it in his, he's like, oh, you know, I know that a lot of people are going to say that because he's my son – that I'm playing him, and he's like, no, he's the best. He's the best shooter. He's like one of the best shooters in the ACC. Look at this. Look at the stats. So, yeah. Um, again, and even like he said, he also talked about the depth too. If we had another player, if we had other players to go in, but again, this is our offense. Um, he's going to give Merrick a little bit of freedom to, to you know, maybe bring the ball up, start a fast break if he gets a rebound or a steal, uh, do a couple little things without trying to get out of control. You know. Shoot open jumpers, things like that. Mark's gonna have to do that. But other than that, this is gonna be a season of Buddy and Elijah and 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 Joe Gerard just hucking and just going. And they all have the green light, and that's what yeah, it is for do. all three of them. It's keep shooting. It doesn't matter because we don't have any other options or depth. Yeah, it's kind of like that's it. And 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 teams are. Gonna... But the best part about it is is that they're not one on one players. 
their move without the ball, come off oh, picks, totally. jump shooting yeah, type yeah. of players, right? Yeah. So it's a completely different type of offense that we saw last year when it was Tyus or Frank or somebody just dribbling it down and going one-on-one, so. Yeah, um, you know, assists were a little low again. Well, they weren't but, terrible. They're going to be against Virginia. Yeah, I know, but they weren't terrible, though, especially coming off of a game where we had, I think, four. So um, 20 to 11. Um, I think it was six, but yeah. Was it six against yeah. Virginia mm-hmm. Tech? 11 assists yeah. on, on 20 buckets. That's not terrible. So especially against no. a team like Virginia. Yeah. Um, at K Nabiwaniak on Twitter. I will gladly eat crow for doubting Buddy after two subpar games. What a finish for him. Anyway, we can get any way we can get Jay Huff and his calls to come to Cuse as a grad transfer. Um, I mean, when was the last grad transfer group we had, Joe? Andrew White and Gillen? Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a little while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, he's kind of a stud, Jay Huff. Um, and oh, against us, yeah. we make a lot. We make a lot of big men look like studs. Uh, that's true. That's but we true. have sixteen points. He had a double double. Sixteen points. We have played rebounds. some good ones, so I'm not going to poo poo on on those guys. But yeah, but they did a good job. They did a good job with with those guys. Even Diakite held him to thirteen points, eight rebounds, and um, Braxton Key only seven points. So, you know, I mean, maybe his wrist bothering him. I don't know. Whatever. But it doesn't matter. Uh, it's a non-shooting wrist, so. Yeah, that's true. It was his left hand, right? Yep. At DFIN01, a combination of good defense, patience, luck, and Virginia's bad offense got the win. Uh, yeah, exactly. that's it right there. Coach yeah. Jim Beheim made some good adjustments throughout as well. Well, it that's it. I mean, it took a little bit of luck and, and a couple of things to go our way, and it took uh, UVA just not stepping up, which was almost predictable, actually. Yeah. So, at Biggest Cues Fan on Twitter, I thought Beheim showed why he has won over a thousand games. Apparently, the game hasn't quote unquote passed him by, like more than a few have said on here. <clears throat> well, uh, what? What? He he worked no, he do. worked those refs he worked those refs and it changed the game. Um, that and the first three shots in overtime won it for Q's. So he yeah. did work the refs. He worked the hell out. You no, know, the confidence refs. too of playing over forty minutes and then going and still being able to hit those shots against that defense. And he did work the refs. So yeah, Beheim's he's good for that. He knows the game. I mean that's what good you don't stick around as long as he has if you don't know how to work the refs. No, it but, was legit legit gripes too with some of that. I mean, no, oh, yeah, of course. But again, then there was some ticky tack pitter patter stuff afterwards. They got called on us that, you know, like I said, it evens itself out. So yeah. it worked. That helped. Uh, we got into overtime. Our guys got hot. And that's really the one thing when you play against Virginia. I mean, again, they do have some weaknesses, but this is just a perfect example of, uh, you know, Jim Beheim knowing his opponent, knowing their weaknesses. And carrying out a game plan and his players carrying that game plan out to be able to do what they needed to do to win that game. Because if you don't make specific, very, very specific um, changes and, and, and he doesn't do like, there's not a lot of people, teams that are just going to let anybody just shoot open threes. And we were just letting them shoot. I knew Key yeah, Clark was going to hit a couple. Yeah. But like he literally just said, go ahead. I don't care. Like, not every team's going to do that. So he did what he had to do for they his were passing team to win that game. They were passing them up, UVA. Right. <laughs> yeah. They were like, ah, no, you take it. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. want to shoot. Anyway, all right. We thank, thank you guys for, for going to uh, Twitter and Facebook. And le- and I thought about doing that on um, on Instagram. I don't know. Is that a thing? You leave comments and stuff? Is there enough people on there? Maybe we'll try it. Um. On the gram, <laughs> on, the, on gram, the line, on the. <laughs> so I don't do the Instagram thing that well. I know there's like some weird things that you can do with it, like post into your story and all this. Like I don't know how to do any of that. So, anyways, I just post <laughs> pictures, whatever memes yeah. or whatever I come up with. Sorry. Anyway, uh, so and Joe's absolutely zero help with that. Absolutely zero help. But thanks, because I know less than you. I know it's. <laughs> I know which is that says a lot. Uh, so thanks to everybody, uh, who's going there and leaving those comments. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate taking the time to do it. So, um, um, thank you. 
All right, the 9-7, and 3-2 and two in the ACC Golden Eagles from Baston. Uh, they'll be coming down to the Dome this Wednesday. Town. The game is set to tip off at 6 o'clock on the ACC Network. The all-time series sits at 49-26 to 26 in favor of the Orange. Syracuse and Boston, Boston College have met Boston. 51 times while they were in the Big East together. Syracuse owns that matchup as well at 34-17. to 17. And just for fun, they met eight times in the Big East tournament. And uh, the Orange lead that as well. Uh, the record there was 5-3. to three. So there you go. Uh, 6.30, okay. by the way. 6.30. Didn't I say 6.30? I thought you said 6. but Did I? I thought I said 6.30. It's a random time for a Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little weird. It's a half hour earlier than I would than I mean normal, right? Good, it's good for my bedtime. I'm cool with it, but right, six thirty, eight thirty. I'm laying in bed, you know. Definitely, definitely. Um, BC does have a signature win over Virginia as well. In fact, they um, did a number on Virginia, Virginia before we did. So, um, yeah. the other ACC wins were over Notre Dame and Wake Forest. Um, but they did most recently just lose one 71 to 52 at home against Georgia Tech. Uh, there's two guys leading every major category of this team, and they both averaged 30.1 minutes a game, ironically. 6'3, 195 pound senior guard Derek Thornton uh, led the team and leads the team in points per game with 13.3 and assists per game with 3.6. Six foot, eight inch, two hundred and twenty pound junior forward Stefan Mitchell. He leads in rebounds per game with eight point eight, steals per game with two point four, and blocks per game with one point two. Uh, now, just as a side note, senior forward Nick Popovich he has missed a bunch of games here. I think it was, I think he's missed like seven games due to back yeah. spasms. Uh, he did not play against Georgia Tech, and at six eleven, um, he's exactly the kind of guy. Um, 6'11", what, what is he, 250-something? Um, he's the kind of guy that gives us headaches. He has given us headaches in the past. And, um, you know, I, I wish him well as soon as this game's over. Boston College is 151 in the net rankings. That makes this a quad game three at home for Syracuse. And uh, just a side note here, Syracuse has moved up in the net from 90 to 84. Yep. Take it away, Joe. Okay, so Nick Popovich, uh, I don't know, I don't want to come out and say that he's had um, back surgery, but he's out indefinitely. I don't foresee him playing. So the rest of the year, uh, as for, I don't want to say rest of the year, but I'm just I'm more worried about just just Wednesday. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I don't think he's gonna play. Um, That's why. Just I, another yeah. note. Go ahead. The, uh, the Derek Thornton, that senior guard, um, he hasn't played the last two games. So interesting backstory with him. He started his career. He went to Duke and he started some games and he had some people close to him and, and, and certain people that didn't think he was being used right. So he ended up transferring to USC and he had to set out a year, then went to USC and then he still didn't think he was being used right. Wasn't playing that much. So he ended up transferring for his graduate senior year to Boston college. So, um, and just to make it come full circle, the ankle injury that he has been sitting out and missing the last two games, he sustained against Duke Oof. at Duke. Mm. So a little full circle story about him with him. So I haven't heard anything yet about whether or not he's going to play or not. But um, looking at the this team, they beat Virginia at home without him or Nick Popovich. So you don't really know. What to really think, but uh, from everything that I've seen this year and read about Boston College, they're a young athletic team, play really good defense, uh, and not necessarily the greatest shooting team. So they're kind of like Virginia, just not as good at defense. Um, and I don't know what happened and what happened with Virginia's defense that day, but uh, getting that win, I mean, just, I mean, they lost by almost 40 against Duke. So. They got beat up pretty good against uh, Georgia Tech on Saturday. So Yeah, almost 20. It was 19 or something like that, right? Right, yeah. So looking at the box score of um, of their game and kind of who played and, and minutes-wise and how it was spread out, it really looked like they only really went six deep. Um, and a lot of them are freshmen, man. They're not a very deep team missing Popovich and missing uh, Thornton. Missing Thornton. They are they they're running three freshmen as far as um in the starting lineup and 
then I think is I believe it's a senior, a sophomore, and a junior. Now the biggest the biggest problem that we're going to have is we're going to is is Mitchell, like you mentioned. He's all over the place. Uh, Stefan Mitchell, he's the tallest guy. He's actually been playing center at six eight. So there's going to be one thing that we got to look at, right? But he's he's stout and he's very just sneaky. He gets in there. He's really been an annoyance every every time we've played them. Every time we played him, it's like he get his hand. He gets his hand on this. He gets in there, you know, gets a block here, gets the rebounds. So he's definitely going to be somebody to to watch out for. Uh, he's probably going to be the best chance of anybody double doubling against us in this game because he's just a tough guy. Uh, plays through injury and all that kind of stuff. Oh uh, yeah, he's, um, he's 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 leading that team in quite a bit. He doesn't score a lot though. No, he doesn't score a lot, but he can score enough and he can step step up. Um, as far as the other guys, uh, forward six seven forward CJ Felder, he's one of the freshmen that started the last game. Julian Rishwain is a freshman guard uh, alongside Jay Heath, who's the other freshman guard, and he's actually, if you look at the past two games, he is the leading. Or he he is the main guy when it comes down to that. So, um, I mean, they just shot sixteen point seven percent from the three point line against uh, mm. against Georgia Tech. Um, yeah, at home. I, yeah, and I think that they can go on runs and make some here and there. But I think for the most part, Boston College's story uh, this year has basically been effort. They've beaten some teams that they shouldn't have, maybe because they took them lightly one way or another, and then they've lost some games that they shouldn't have. So uh, they're right there with us, I believe, right at, what, 9-7. and seven. They just uh, have a better record in the ACC. But when you look at the net rankings and when you look at Ken Palm, you start looking at the analytics and stuff. Uh, I mean, Boston College right now, uh, they're 154th in the net ranking. Um, when you look at Ken Palm, they're – 159th so i mean it's not like we have a really good you know but we're 60th in ken palm you know we're 84 in net rankings uh in the net ranking so um statistically and analytically wise we're ahead of them uh i think it's according to ken palm boston college's uh, offense uh is like ranked 288th or something like that so really the one thing is is Still staying aggressive because just because they're short doesn't mean they're not going to be able to out rebound you because they have some tough guys in there. Oh, we've already you around. Seen, we've already seen. We already that. knew that, right? Yeah. And so there are going to be some guards that are going to give some of our guys problems as well. Uh, but the one thing that Boston College is really, really good at is forcing turnovers and steals. They they rank pretty much top thirty, top twenty five in the nation in that. So that's what really what we're looking at. It's basically a Virginia Tech without the three point shooting. So um, it's still like, again, it kind of the story changes a little bit if Derek Thornton plays. Um, but I haven't heard anything as of whether or not he's going to. But he's, I, if I remember from from Duke, he could hit an open shot and he was very, very good as far as defense. That's why he did start some games as a true freshman at Duke. So that's kind of where we're looking at it. So, so as wait, as we, we have some being, unknowns. Right? We doubt Popovich is going to play, but he could. Uh, I would. I would doubt. I doubt, Popovich I doubt plays. it. But I doubt it. Thor- I think Thornton's, Thornton's a possibility. Got a yeah, but Thornton's right. got a possibility, but we but we don't. We're probably not going to know. I mean, we might know by Tuesday. Maybe something will come out. But um, you know, like I was yeah. I was checking on Braxton Key and in, in in for the UVA game with his wrist, and that didn't come out until the day before. So, and you saw he had. A- and I believe the the other guys that play too. I believe uh, Jared Hamilton and Jarius Hamilton. I believe they're brothers. One's a senior. One's a sophomore. Um, and, uh, Jared, the senior guard, I think he transferred in graduate seniors, uh, as, uh, from Georgia Southern to come to play. And he saw the opportunity to, to get some playing time. So, I mean, those are the six that are going to play if Derek Thornton doesn't, um, I don't know how, I just don't, I don't see them as an explosive offensive team. So it's really going to be the story is, is how do they defend us? How do they defend us? And can we, how do we respond to it? Basically, then again, because, it's always the rebounds. Yeah. And then it's because they're good at forcing turnovers and steals. That's the other question. Is we, limit know, our, do we limit our yeah. turnovers, keep that Hughes rebounding is, gap close. Hughes, we should be fine. Hughes has had a trouble turning the ball over the past few games. He makes up for that. But just if he could not do that, would be great. Well, he gets about four or five long. a game. I mean, about four or five a game. He had six last game. Well, this is so, it, right? 
So when we go on a little bit of a scoring slump, who does everyone rely on to well, get them start, out of it, to get the points, right? It starts that iso ball stuff again. Yeah, when we're struggling. It, well, and sometimes he's trying to do too much. A lot of those turnovers well, is he's well, trying yeah, to yes. dribble into the lane, yes. into maybe multiple defenders, trying to get right. a kick out or a pass to to get an open. You know, he's trying to help his team. And absolutely, um, sometimes against the really good defenders, you get stuck in the air. You just get in situations where – those type of ugly things happen. But again, more times than not, he makes up for it. So um, he does, but just if he could not do it, period would be even better. (laughs) (laughs) Just, (laughs) yeah. Well, yeah. If we had zero turnovers, it'd be great. Right. Exactly. But realistically, the guy that's got the, you look at the turnovers on our team. Elijah had six. Joe Girard had three. Why? Because the ball was in their hands 75% of the time. So, yeah, that's, and not terrible. Last game, last game just wasn't that terrible, really. I mean, no, it wasn't. Um, so again, I mean, being a, being a home game, and those little factors that we talked about—that's just really unless we go just ice cold and they get a rando that comes off the bench and hits six threes, then we're going to be okay. I have my rando picked for um, the scouting report and prediction post oh, yeah. that will be going up. I'm going to put we'll put it up Tuesday. With Joe G's three points and oh. the <laughs> and the prediction, your prediction not that far off. Was, I wasn't was counting it? on overtime, but true, true. But yeah, well, it's still not terrible. Um, all right. So, anyways, look for that. That'll be coming out Tuesday, probably Tuesday evening. I think we'll have it put together. Um, so I enjoy putting them together. People seem to. Um, people click on them at least. I know that I know it's getting clicked on. I can I know that. <laughs> right. So anyway, <laughs> um, if if um, you know, share it up. We'd appreciate it. So anyway, that's all I got, Joe. That's all I got. Let's wrap yeah, it up. Me too. Thanks. Thanks to my bookie. Go to mybookie.ag right now. Use the promo code chair. Get matched dollar for dollar. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank all of you participating in fan feedback for the UVA game. And thanks, Armchair Media. Thanks to James on guitar for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe.